Well, hey, I just wanted to welcome everybody to Beyond Sunday. Um, as you guys know, like our whole heart in Beyond Sunday is obviously look to the amazing, the timeless truths of God's Word. We believe there's these ideals that God speaks to, but we believe that truly the best way to work out those ideals isn't on your own. It's a part of a local church specifically, if you're listening right now. This is Cornerstone Church, and so we're thankful you're part of it. We're thankful that you have relationships, and so that's why we're bringing them, is to just stir discussion for us within our relationships. Mm -hmm. And so normally what we do is we unpack a text of Scripture. Uh, You heard the three ladies kind of talk through sexual brokenness a a few weeks ago, but today we got a guest that we have been trying to line up. I mean, you and I have been trying to get this going for like a a while. It's been a few. And so we have Shannon Sergi here today. And like, yes, a lot of you see her up front when she's, when she's singing is I was able to train her on how to sing. And she can tell us he's just, he's a gifted gifted. vocalist. If you want him to sing at your funeral wedding, you you can sign him up. Yeah. Yes. Classic 60 songs. I'm really good at, but, um, no, I think just the excitement for me is like uh, we've kind of been a part of Cornerstone together for about the same amount of time, I think, yeah. you know, and and I think we've even been able to experience the various realities of Cornerstone and the mm. things in which yeah. God has done. And I think people do know you as like either a, a great vocalist mm-hmm. or they know you as the forever found person. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that, like, I think I would love to do today mm-hmm. is, and I kind of told you this beforehand, I would just love to turn you loose and let people know, like, what's what's Shannon's story? Yeah. Like, who are you? Yeah. How in the world did you come to know Jesus? What has God done in your life over over these last few years? And so could you just for a little <laughs> bit maybe just unpack a little bit for us of, like, what— how has God shaped you over the years as you've been as you've been following Jesus? Wow. Well, uh, thanks, Todd. I am. <laughs> thanks, Billy. I'm. I'm so. I'm just excited to be here. I am so stoked that you guys are doing this podcast. Um, I am Taylor, and I are honored to be a part of the Cornerstone family. Um, mm. Yeah, it's been a lot of years, and to have a place that feels like home is a blessing um, Mm -hmm. and I think a tangible example of God's uh, heart for the church. So um, yeah. So anyways, I'm excited to be here and yeah. Wow. What a question, Todd. So it's obviously been quite a journey for all of us who are followers of Christ. Uh, God got a hold of my heart uh, when I was young. Wow. Yeah. So my parents uh, both came from really rough um, upbringings. I've had um, on my dad's side of the family, I think, uh, was it six? Six of his siblings died, you know, died from a drug overdose or wow. um, or being, uh, one was shot um, situations. And uh, just my mom has a lot of stories as well. And God really just like scripture teaches us kind of just plucked them out of the fire. And, um, and so I had the blessing of being raised in a home where um, both of my parents loved the Lord and were filled with the Holy Spirit mm. as but new first-generation believers. And and so I had a great example um, of who God is from my parents. Um, we had homeless people living in with our family wow. um, on two different occasions. Um, that came through our local church um, at the time. And, uh, you know, so just really just great memories of all the different sides of God that I was able to see through my parents. Um, and probably it was about, honestly, I was probably about eight Hmm. and I had, I had, you know, my eyes had been open to see God. Like I, the the spirit had pricked, 
pricked me inside and I had seen him and believed in him. But it was around eight or nine when I really felt called to publicly proclaim and walk in obedience and to get baptized. Mm. And my dad, uh, my dad had me memorize like, <laughs> like, I do not even know how many catechisms, like a lot of catechisms. And I have like vivid memories, even at that age of sitting there and him like asking me and me. And, and then it was so cool. And then the day he, uh, my dad went to baptize me, it was really cool just for a little kid who at that point in my life hadn't been through a lot of trauma or hard struggles at that point. Um, like little, you know, little things for kids can be challenges. And like the heater for the baptismal was broken and it was cold. <laughs> it was like really cold. And I remember, I mean, it's such a silly first world, tiny little thing. Yeah. But in my eight year old self, you know, that was like a polar bear. Yeah, it was polar like bear a, no, it was like a commitment. You know what I mean? Like, we're getting in this water. Anyway, so I just have a memory of that. But um. But yeah, from, but I honestly, one thing I do often not share when I share my testimony is that actually for the, for about maybe six months to a year before I got baptized, um, there was some significant like satanic, um, situations going on, um, where, uh, Satan would like one time even came to me in my dream, Mm. um, and just some crazy things that happened. Um, I got baptized and, the Holy Spirit definitely filled me at a young age um, and just began to walk with the Lord and just get to know him. And I remember one prayer. I don't know if this is encouraging to anybody, no matter what stage of life you're in or when you've come to Christ. I remember as a baby Christian, I don't maybe junior high or something for me, but I feel like it could transpose to any age range, just the concept of being a baby Christian. I remember saying like, God, I don't even want to read your Bible. I don't even want to talk to you. So I would just, so I started praying, um, God, help me want to want to, to want, want you. you. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, so, yeah. Yeah, and then eventually I was like, help me want to want sure. you, you know, and then help me want you. But it was just, I think, so I think from a young age, I really started, um, for me, it was that vulnerability mm. with God and the, um, open uh, openness of genuine relationship with yep. him in communication it's like that desire for intimacy and in similar yeah, yeah exactly and 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 not not putting on a front in even even in your one-on-one time with the lord so i think that the holy spirit led me in that at a young age which i'm really grateful for um and it was really interesting because it was early in my teens that i, I actually start God actually spoke to me through a couple dreams, to be honest. Um, And, and that started, and I think that definitely uh, drew me to a place in my faith um, as far as God's sovereignty and power at a young age, which was Mm. really cool. Um, I remember at one point, uh, Taylor and I were actually dating. I don't know if I, I don't know if I've told you guys this story. How old were you guys when you first started dating? We were, well, he asked me to be his girlfriend when I was 10. So fifth grade. (laughs) I didn't didn't think it was until middle school. No, it was fifth grade. And, um, and my, you know, my, da- my dad said no. So I said no. Dang straight. And, dang straight. And, um, and then seventh grade, he asked me to be his girlfriend again. And yeah. And then I just, he's persistent. Oh, he was persistent yeah. for was many faithful. years. He was faithful. Yeah. 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 So it was after that. So then eighth grade, we became boyfriend and girlfriend. But then we, but then we broke up. We broke up a lot. <laughs> we broke up a lot. I'll just preface that. We were broken up when we got engaged. <laughs> 
that's another story. Yeah, that's but anyways, so it was it was after we had broken up after junior high and then gotten back together in tenth grade of high school. And so I was I had gone to Royal for a year, was back at Grace and at Grace Brethren and see me and and God had just really started convicting my heart with Matthew seven twenty one at this phase in my walk with the Lord, mm. and it and Matthew seven twenty one says not not everyone who calls me Lord Lord uh, is my child, but only those who do the will of my Father. Mm. And I just remember being really convicted, and it's so cool. And I, I feel I'm sure everyone listening, and I'm sure all of us in this room, seeing how God just like. Um, reveals himself in it's so strategic how he reveals these different truths and convictions along our along our faith journeys so at this part at this phase he was revealing this to me and i felt the lord tell me that i needed to share this with my entire school at grace brethren you're like, Lord, what are you talking about? I'm in a Christian school. I think most so, people kind of maybe. I no, know. I was like convicted. Like, no, That's they amazing. don't. Like, this isn't like fake Christianity is not going to church and saying I'm a Christian because my parents are a Christian. So I was you like, had this pretty young. Oh, it was like, it was like the whole, like God like showed me like this is not what Christianity is. Like Christianity is, is something different. Like it's a walk. It's walking with Jesus, whatever. Yeah. And so, so I go and sit down with the principal and I like pitch this whole thing to them and i'm like can i share with the whole school they had me as the chapel speaker i don't think they'd ever had a woman let alone a student i don't know i'm maybe i'm you know tooting my own horn i don't know but it was like totally the lord i guess is my point yeah Yeah, that's cool but my point is i remember being on stage sharing this like teach this whatever thing that the lord had put on my heart to other students which was appropriate and and um and i remember talking like specifically about sexual sin and taylor's sitting in the audience i just remember seeing his face like oh my god were you just grilled in with your eyes no i think he's just like my girlfriend is on the stage saying like sexual words like this is really weird but so god just really that was uh, you know where god was taking me but what was so interesting is uh then it was as taylor and i fell in love and we got older, um, you know, I started compromising mm. um, in sinful areas and allowing myself to um, basically begin to idolize um, Taylor in our love. Because we fell, we fell in love for reals when we were 15. Wow. Like we fell in like, like real love. And, um, and I began to idolize that and it took me not down, down a not so great path. I think that's like, it's interesting. I like, and I'm so glad you're actually saying this because I've been there's been so many high schoolers coming up to me and saying, sure. "Oh, I've been listening to your podcast." Yeah. And so with this, I think that's so important because I think on some level it's 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 interesting. Like while Francis was still here, he and I was used to have these conversations where it's like, "Oh, he gets it or she gets it," right? He said that when I just talked to him. He said Todd and me used to talk. <laughs> she, she pointed yeah. a finger. It kind of threw me. She just said Todd and me used to look at people and say that. That's so well, we weird. Used to, I mean, we would, but like in, no, in like an, in a really cool spirit-led way. Yeah, well, but I think like like I think sometimes we can have you can get it. Yeah. But it's interesting how we can have these moments where we can compromise, right? Like even out of we're going to talk about First Thessalonians four in a little bit, but this idea that that we can begin to forget to steward our our sexuality rightly, you know, and, and, and that reality of just that slow pull away, which I see with so many high school students, it's like, no, 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 stay on target, mm-hmm. right? Keep in that place of getting it and stay there. So I, I thank you for saying mm-hmm. that, like, because I, and, and if my daughter's listening right now, <laughs> my son, <laughs> I want you to listen to Shannon. <laughs> No, I have to tell you, like, it is 
the word of God and his commands are for our good. Amen. I mean, they are for our good. This is where freedom comes from. And I allowed Satan and sin to steal my freedom Mm. that I had. I had been freed from Christ. I was a child of God. Amen, and and it never sat well with me because of that. It was always, do you know what I mean? It was always this torment. Well, yeah, we lose you know? our joy. Yeah. We lose our joy. Yeah, life, completely. You know what I mean? When we, when we step out of that kind of obedience you exactly. know, to the Lord. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, so walk me through this then. So um, you have, when, when did you get married? How old then, were you? Um, 22, 21, okay. 2007. So you're about my age when you got married. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, my yeah, age. Yeah, yeah, I figured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so you guys get married. Yeah. And where do you go from there? Um, so, so it was actually really cool because it was before we got married. Um, where you know, one thing I just want to add is that God was always because I was His child, He mm. would not let me go. So I do want to point that out because yeah, there's something He's faithful. Yeah. And because it's so, we sometimes we take scripture and we cross apply it to everybody. No, this is a scripture for God's children. Like he's not talking to the world; he's talking to his children, right? And I was his child, and he didn't let me go. He Amen. was faithful and yeah. didn't let me go. And he and and I would get down and I would say, God, I can't do this. You need to take away this from me. And and Taylor broke up with me, um, junior year of college. And there was a period of repentance. What I wanted to say, where there was deep repentance for, um, um for idolizing, for, t- for putting something in the place that God was and for compromising yeah. sexually. And, um, and it was in that, that in this particular situation, God ended up bringing restoration and Taylor mm-hmm. and I got engaged. Um, we weren't even together. And, <laughs> which is crazy. And, and, I've heard that story, which is, know, you know, it'll yeah. take a while. I, 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 I mean, it's worth saying it sometimes. Yeah, it's funny. It's, but anyways, and like my friends were even like, who are you engaged to? Like, that's how, like, whatever. Yeah. So then we got married five months later. And so it was really, um, we were both at this phase of really kind of just like in this new phase of repenting and re kind mm. of dedicating our focus on the Lord. And it was when the Lord started convicting me um, with what his what his heart is actually for. And that was the new kind of phase in my okay, testimony. So that's what I'm, okay, so this is where I'm curious. Like, I don't know if I've ever asked this question. Mm-hmm. So how did we get from this point that we're talking about mm-hmm. now to forever found? Okay. Like, I'm really curious. Like, okay, so obviously God's starting to do mm-hmm. a, a, a powerful work in you where mm-hmm. he's like going, okay, mm-hmm. I need some repentance. Mm-hmm. Well, not only are we going mm-hmm. the wrong way, but mm-hmm. I want you to embrace me and mm-hmm. where I'm moving, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so explain how did we get from there mm-hmm. to forever found? So it started um, It started with, which I've t- I have talked about this before, so I won't go into too much detail, but it started with further it started with first repentance from from uh what what would you say bold sins or glaring sins um and then repentance from pride Mm. um for me to where i realized that i had been prioritizing the things in my life and passionate about the things in my life that i wanted to be passionate about without asking god what he wanted me to be focused on so i'll I'll answer so to answer the question that's where it started though and so that's where the conviction happened and it happened actually through um through uh josh buck (laughs) which is funny which i haven't even talked to him forever love but um he made so i was like which i still um i which i still agree with a lot of things on a political level but i was very passionate about politics in college and um and he had made he was over at my parents house and he had made this like pacifist comment and i was like 
I was like, what? Oh, no, you didn't. I was like, what? And I was like, oh, I was just upset. And it just like that. Anyway, so we ended up, we ended up in this, um, I don't even know, probably wrote like 50 pages debate, single spaced back and forth. And, and in that debate, um, I just dove into the gospels and, um, and God just rocked my world in the sense, not even on a political level, but he rocked my world in realizing like, oh my gosh, I haven't been diving into the scriptures to see what the mm. scriptures want. I've been mm. taking the things I've been taught or that I personally al align with and making those, but looking at the heart of Jesus, you have to read the Bible for yourself and dive into it. Yeah. So the gospel is what changed my life. I was joking. The gospel is what changed my <laughs> yeah, life. <laughs> but I think what's so cool, what you're saying is, right, is like you talked about, there's these, maybe these obviously identifiable sins, yeah. right, that God first works through, kind of that low-hanging fruit in our life, but yeah. we don't even realize God has more of an intent to yeah. see the good lordship of Jesus come to bear. Yeah. And we need to work through all kinds of issues that in a lot of ways, I, I appreciate his grace and kindness, the way yeah. he doesn't do it all at once. Yeah, yeah. But he's not going to stop. He's going to keep, whether Refining. it's using a, you know, a Josh Buck yeah. to talk about pacifism yeah. or whatever to get yeah. us back to the heart of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Which seems to be like such a, what a, mm. what a good grace from, from God to right? take you there. It was so gracious. And I just, I think what God taught me in that time was to take off like what I call like my Shannon colored glasses. So I would look at, I would look at scripture, which I think that we all do sometimes. Like, don't you feel like, and I, we have to guard our hearts that we have our own um, opinions. And then when we read scripture, we're searching scripture to support what we want. Mm -hmm. And this yeah. is, I'm not saying this for any side of any aisle. This is everybody. Oh yeah, sure. And yeah. I see this all around and it's very concerning for my own heart, for everybody. Yeah. Like, cause that is not what scripture is. And this is what I was learned. This is what God is convicting me. Yes. I need, I need to go to the Bible and this in hum and humility. What does the Bible going to show me? Not searching when I'm preparing a speech a or preparing, or yeah, yeah, yeah. And even using the body, right? Because it took a question from a Josh Buck yeah, to to suddenly spark that thing. Exactly. Where I think we forget that mm, the way that God yeah, not good. only uses his word yeah. and his spirit, but his, his people. people, right? Mm, like mm. in this powerful way that causes us to like have to mm. work through issues that like who would have ever thought that mm. pacifism mm. would be the thing that causes yeah, you? Yeah, well, yeah, which is, yeah, it was just the, right. so Right, because you're cleaning your gun. You're yeah. like, what are you talking yeah. about? I'm, which I'm, I still I'm have kidding, guns. <laughs> we have lots of yeah. guns. <laughs> well, and it's like, you know, Josh in some way probably to tee off of almost what you talked about this last Sunday was maybe even speaking prophetically oh, in your life totally. at that moment. Exactly. Do you know what yeah, I, mean? I appreciate that, you like, saying that. called out something like beautiful. A heart issue at that moment. Exactly. Yeah, thanks, Billy. the Lord is wanting to do in your life. Yeah. You know? No, I appreciate that. So, okay, so... Like, I love the way you're framing this because I think, like, sometimes we forget the process of God in taking us from a a young girl who is working through issues mm -hmm. in and around, like, how she is mm -hmm. sexually moving mm -hmm. in the wrong direction, right? Mm -hmm. And God, mm -hmm. in his goodness, pulls us mm -hmm. out. But then he says, oh, I'm not quite done with mm -hmm. you, Norm. Mm -hmm. Is he ever going to be done with mm -hmm. this until he returns? But so, okay, so that starts to happen mm -hmm. to you. You begin to look at the Gospels differently. Mm -hmm. And what in looking at the Gospels do you suddenly go... Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I see something here that I hadn't seen before mm -hmm. for a particular group of people mm -hmm. that are marginalized, mm -hmm. overlooked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how how did that happen? Like I'm curious. Well, for me for me what the first shift was was the broad shift wasn't specifically the shift to sexually abused. For for me, the first shift was God's heart for the oppressed, mm -hmm. was God's heart mm -hmm. for the oppressed and the marginalized. That So that yeah. was the big shift. So first diving into the Gospels was seeing just 
getting to know Jesus more, right? And yeah. and and, what he, and putting myself aside. But in getting to know Jesus more, it was I mean it, it's non-negotiable. There's not an argument to be had for Jesus's heart, for the yeah. God's heart for totally. the oppressed, yep. the marginalized and the poor. I've just That's been right. in Amos. Right. I've just been in oh. Amos. Oh my gosh, right? You get done reading that and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing a good job towards the poor. The <laughs> right, yeah. I'm it, like re- repenting as I'm reading through yeah. the book of Amos. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but it carries obviously the heart of God and the prophet. Mm-hmm. Amos obviously carries into the prophet Jesus. Yeah. It's unmistakable. It's unmistakable. And and so like 1 John three sixteen, you know, um, was huge for me. Religion that God our Father counts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep Keep oneself from being polluted to the world, which I know this is like, I won't try and go off on a tangent, but like, I just think for this day and age, that's a really important word because it combines the heart for the poor, but it's not a social justice initiative to where you're void of the holiness that God calls us to. It's It's really cool. It's the justice of God. Yeah. I mean, that verse actually was pivotal in me moving towards like the orphan in regard to going, where is the orphan in Mm. our culture? Mm. And seeing, oh my gosh, it's the mm. it's the foster kid, and mm. then seeing all the implications of the foster mm. kid. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm I, I know you know the stats better than I do. Mm. The kids that come out of foster yeah, care, it's, huge. it's how do you stop that first mm-hmm. so that it doesn't sure. ever get to this point? Mm-hmm. But sure. yeah, I mean, I I think what James does there in James one mm-hmm. is huge. Mm-hmm. The way he connects the transformed life mm-hmm. with the transformed way in which we engage mm-hmm. culture for the marginalized. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that was, so that was a huge, and then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Isaiah 58, I printed it out cause I just love to read it anytime I can. Can I read a section <laughs> no, of it? Please. Yeah. Um, so this is the part where he says, um, in Isaiah, uh, where he says for day after day, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and is not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager to come near to seem eager for God to come near them. But then he says, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife uh, and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. And then he goes on to say, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Wow. Mm. I mean, that's just... It's just so powerful, and it's just it's just interwoven through the entire Word of God, Amen. His yeah. heart, and and I've seen that in my own life. I've seen that promise because then He goes on to say, "Then, um, then your light will break forth with like the dawn." And He goes on to say, "Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and He will say, Here I am.'" And I can tell you something that I feel that, mm. and and I am no way like <laughs> nothing special, but I'm telling you, like when you do what like. When the Holy Spirit allows you to walk in obedience to what God's called you to, his promises will ring true. And I've seen that in my own life. I think even too, like, and I've appreciated like your role in my life of, of, I feel like each kind of step along the way when I got into foster care, God kind of opened up this like lid of things I didn't see before. Mm -hmm. I didn't see him. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't see what was going mm-hmm. on to foster kids in mm-hmm. the world and mm-hmm. how it is as we started to get there. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. what's happening? And then when I, obviously mm-hmm. when you start to go down your path mm-hmm. and I'm kind of watching yeah. you go down it, it was like the lid got lifted off again. And yeah. you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's right in our very lap. Yeah, It's right here. Again, yeah. obviously it's around the world. Yeah. It's everywhere. But there's this side of it where 
I think the faithfulness of God, when we, by obedience, join him, he mm -hmm. opens our eyes mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. shows us yeah. things by, through that obedience, which yeah. is key, I think, in that. Yeah, I agree. Cause I, cause, and I agree similar to you, where it was God convicting me of this call to the oppressed. And then it's so cool, like you're saying, how God uses his body in different specific ways to that call. And mm. for me, it was specifically to the sexually exploited um, and then that, and that was, and that came in 2008, I think when Francis got back from that conference up North yeah. and, and spoke, um, about how he had just heard for the first time about the reality that children are being sold. And I was sitting right on the left-hand side where we still sit, <laughs> you know, every everyone's Sunday. Everyone's got their row. Everyone's got their <laughs> row. Oh, we might as well just get placards, <laughs> put them on the chair. Easter, everybody yeah. got mixed up. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, I could tell people sitting in their, their abnormal spots, like, what? like, what happened? Oh my gosh. <laughs> my neck's crooked. My neck's Is the spirit crooked. still present here this Sunday? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think there was such a side of like a few years in there that I think God obviously is Francis in mm -hmm. that, like in my personal life, mm -hmm. obviously in your life to, as God was opening his eyes, he was opening a lot of our mm -hmm. eyes in different ways mm -hmm. to kind of go, oh, wow, like we... There's aspects of God's word that mm -hmm. we've missed. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any of us intended yeah. to miss it, but yeah. it was just, again, it was God's good grace mm -hmm. to suddenly pull that lid back and mm -hmm. say, okay, now I'm going to show you something differently mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And I do believe, you know, going back to what you said on the Sunday, I think Francis was very prophetic through mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. You know, just mm -hmm. he was a prophet that mm -hmm. was calling us mm -hmm. to, to be people that open mm -hmm. our eyes to that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm, that's cool. Okay, so then what, then, okay, so here's the next step of it. So now you've, it hits you. Yeah. You start to see it. Mm -hmm. And I know what was going on in my wife and my life mm -hmm. in regard to like foster care and adoption. Yeah. But how did God then move you to start an organization? <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> like, well, did it go again? How fast was it? Like, how fast did it move? Gosh. Did it feel like? In some ways, because I don't know that part of the story either. I feel like to me it was a blur, it, it for was, at least from my perspective. Really? Where, yeah, well, because I mean, you know, I'm watching. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. I know you're in the throes yeah. of it, but for me it was just like, oh my gosh, and here it is, and we're off and going. And we're and, going. Yeah. Well, it was honestly, it was, um, you know, it was the the Cornerstone family that walked alongside me through that whole process. Jose spent hours with me, mm. um, wow. walking through um, mission statements. Um, uh, scripture, um, formulating like summaries for what a purpose should be like scope, all that. Um, this is Pastor Jose Luis. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So cool. And, um, and so, but okay. But to answer your question, oh gosh, where did it start? So where it started, it was, it, it's honestly, it's, People ask me like how to start a nonprofit. I'm like, I'm like, get God to do miracles. I don't know. Like, but that was so like, cornerstone at that time. It was like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's just solve world yeah. hunger. You know what I mean? It was like, but but the only way it works is when it's God. Oh, That's amen. what I'm saying. So amen. I'm like, when people ask me how to do, I'm like, dude, I like unless God's telling you to do it, like don't do it. Because yeah. I like, yeah, like yeah, I could have never done this. Like yeah. nobody, like you know what I mean? Oh, 100. No, it was just crazy. So, but for me, where God kind of led initially, and and a Good, a good stepping point for anybody is educating yourself. But it was much different 14 years ago, 13 years ago. Mm. I mean, it was a different world in the human trafficking 
space as far as education goes. And so diving into that, and then it was, God was just so sovereign. And then I found this, uh, this rescue home in Van Nuys and not a, not a Christian facility. I just started volunteering there. Um, and the first day- I never day, knew this. You didn't know any of this? No, not that part. No, I started working with the girls. And um, the first day I'm there, God is so cool. The first day I'm there, I'm in line behind this one woman and she turns around around and for some reason and again it was francis she, she turned around and for some reason i don't know if it was a book i had or something she goes you know you know francis chan <laughs> and i was like uh yeah you know he's my pastor and she's like oh my gosh i'm a believer and i'm like i'm a believer we end up partnering together we start wow. doing these holistic art music workshops with the girls and that's and then that is what happened where um i was there one night and this was the first girl, and it's just the holy spirit where where um young well, where people who've been exploited just kind of open up to me and and she just opened up and started telling me she was mm. i think she was 13 or 12 wow. she was 12 i think and um her dad had been selling her up and down the california up through wow. oregon um he was addicted to crack cocaine and he got her addicted and that's how they made their living was selling her from the time she was like 10 to 12 and and so she's sitting there telling me this, and she, but she wasn't telling me that she was traumatized from that. She started telling me that she was brokenhearted because this guy who was in his 40s uh, bought her for the hour and then rescued her, quote unquote, I'm doing, by putting her in a hotel and she was just his now. And so she didn't have to sleep with other people, just him. And um, then he got arrested. And so she was upset because her boy, quote unquote, boyfriend was in jail. And so she's telling me about this and then I get in the car and I'm just like bawling, like mm. hysterically. Gosh, yeah. And then the Lord put the song daddy that me and yes, Billy did, yes, yes. Dog, God put the song daddy into my head, the whole song. It was just written. He just gave the whole song to me. It was, I just wrote it out and sang it in the car, like done. And, it's um, the Lord does that. Yeah. With, right. Some songs with are music. Like that. Yeah. Oh. It's just the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Brokenness. Yeah. Yeah. And he just gave it to me. And, um, and sometime after that, I got down in my room and, um, I wrote a contract with God and I said, you know, I said, um, if you do something, you know, with my gifts, I'll give everything to you. And I signed it and <laughs> just miracles just started happening. So it wasn't a strategic endeavor. I didn't know that we were starting a, a ministry that was going to be like, like full, full care, you know, of sure. uh, direct service to CSEC youth here uh, in Ventura County and uh, across the domestic US and into India. I didn't know that, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't, I mean, it's like, <laughs> crazy it's amazing that you actually didn't have to know at that moment because it would have probably been so overwhelming right, right off the bat you're right well, at least like... i always say the best things that god's ever done in our life we never planned yeah, yeah. like you didn't you know yeah. you didn't set out this plan to create yeah. you know, an organization but you set out to be faithful yeah yeah and i've just always like i love how god through faithfulness mm. just keeps opening the next step and mm -hmm. the next step the, the next, next faithful step, step. Yeah. just oh, take 100%. the next faithful step yeah and yeah. it was really the ch it was the church it was the local church multiple churches but um you know our, our church home here at cornerstone and multiple other churches and the church as a whole in our county responding to the vision that god had given me and that's why i have a strong i would i was i was talking a lot about this yesterday c conviction that like making sure we're aware that the church is the answer to this problem. Mm -hmm. The gospel yeah. is the answer to this problem. And that's mm -hmm. what I've seen in my testimony and my walk from day one.
Hmm. is the church being that answer. And so as God convicted me of that, it was just miracle after miracle, you know, like I'll just share one. And and the one, one of the, well, I'll share two. One of them, <laughs> I mean, just the craziest things where, okay, so we write this song and then God, it was all Cornerstone, all of the worship yeah, team, I remember that. Matt Slavin, Nate Wilmarth, you know, Matt produced it, Nate co-produced it. Um, we just decided we're going to record a CD. And this was, so this was just the idea and use artists, the gifts that we have in our hands to raise funds for existing rescue homes to rescue more kids from trafficking that's what it was and so we put it was everyone put in a hundred percent it was it was like so cool. it was as if it was for a long time existing do you know it was the quality it wasn't like let's just do this mm. it was everyone was giving a hundred percent like this is a big deal and this is we're gonna give our best effort and god honored that mm. and um and right before we had the event here at cornerstone the launch event uh my mom i think was like oh my mom and my sister were like you should go to this kkla 25th or something anniversary event um, but it costs $500 to have a booth. And we're like, well, we don't got $500, you know? And um, th- and that day or the next day or that week, I go to my mailbox. There was a check for $500 no, from somebody who on. saw a flyer in Starbucks, I think it was, for $500. Amen. So t- and Taylor said that. Taylor said, he said, God will provide the money if we're supposed to do it. So we go to this event. And, get- and guess what happens at the event? We see um, Frank Pastore, who at the time was like one of the main Christian radio show host yeah. dudes. And he's, he's an awesome guy. I walk up to him. He's, he's at a book signing. I walk up to him and I'm like, hi, Frank. I'm like 24. What was I, 25? <laughs> hi, Frank. Um, I run a nonprofit. Or, or, no, no. I said, I'm having a big event to raise awareness for human trafficking. We just started a nonprofit. Um, can I talk to you sometime or something like that? And he's like, uh, here, write your number on this. And he like he gave me like some pamphlet and I wrote it in a permanent Sharpie, gave it to him. Like 10 hours later, I had an email from Frank saying, come on KKLA for an hour. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, who does that? And then a thousand people showed up at Cornerstone for yeah, the event. I totally remember that. Do you remember that? Oh, it, it was just the Lord. Wow. So it's just, it's just, it's just I don't God. remember the Frank part. I remember the many people There was a here. lot of people. Oh, it was, it was full. Yeah. I mean, so it was just God's faithfulness to answer your question. Um, God uh, brought, and God did this. Because he loves these kids. God did this because of all of the people that are being exploited and are being sexually abused right now. He loves you Mm -hmm. and he hates what's happening. And that's why he orchestrated all of this. Okay. So this is where I wanted to talk to you a little bit. This is okay. Thanks for the segue. She kind of threw you like this little alley up there. She's going to be a softball here to throw back to her. Okay, so one of the things we talked about was with First Thessalonians four was just uh, that it is God's will, right? That His people now that we now steward our sexuality well, um, but in that He has this statement in First Thessalonians four. Where he talks about this idea of God being the avenger, mm-hmm. right? That God hates it. To your mm-hmm. point, right? Mm-hmm. That when when He sees um, the brokenness, including what you're talking mm-hmm. about right now, God is the avenger of wrong. Mm-hmm. He's the one that goes after. So one of the things that sometimes people tell me all the time, not all the time, people tell me, well, if God's the avenger, mm-hmm. well, then <clears throat> we'll just trust him and he mm-hmm. can just, just kind of wait. Just or even wait like out. God will sort it out at the very end, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so we'll just kind of float through life. Mm-hmm. So from your perspective, where, where are people seeing that wrongly? Because I, God is the avenger, mm-hmm. like no doubt. Mm-hmm. God will sort it out at the mm-hmm. end. 
but it seems to almost disconnect us from God's plan and mm -hmm. purpose mm -hmm. in being the one that brings justice to bear. Mm -hmm. So help, help, help me see that. Walk me through it a little bit. You've thought there's way more than I have probably. Um, no, that's a great question. Um, actually, my first thought is the Great Commission. Because mm. uh, my first thought is that I think as humans, we tend to um, either simplify or overcomplicate things. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, can we just be in the middle, you know? And it's... Um, it, well, not in like a lukewarm way, in like a, you know what I mean? Way. Yeah, yeah, totally. um, and like to that question, okay, so, well, God's the Avenger, so do we need to dive in? Well, are you called to make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Yes, right? If you're called to make disciples, how, how on earth are you going to do that to someone who has been severely abused unless you address that? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I love that. Be, I, to be honest, I have never thought through the Great Commission on this, so thank you for that. <laughs> but there's this side of it. If Jesus really says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, now all of a sudden, wherever the authority of Jesus isn't, go make it present, mm, yeah. including like in brokenness, right. Mm -hmm. right? Like in brokenness that is deep brokenness mm -hmm. in regards to this, mm -hmm. not just in the brokenness of our maybe middle-class mm -hmm. lives. Again, mm -hmm. and God wants to fix brokenness here mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But we're to enter into where brokenness isn't, where mm -hmm. the good lordship of Jesus isn't mm -hmm. present, mm -hmm. and seek to make it present. Mm -hmm. Kingdom come will be done on earth, on as, earth it is as it is in heaven. heaven. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's actually right. a great insight. Yeah. And, yeah, and I even think about the passage I read in Isaiah 58 and, and so many others, but I mean, it's it's he's commanded it on multiple occasions. We've already listed two of those in James and in Isaiah. Like, so read the Bible would be the second thing. I mean, it's, it's a command. So sure. one, it's essential to actually make disciples in a in a broad way where you're not just marginalizing people yourself by mm -hmm. saying, oh, I'll just make disciples of the easy ones yeah. and then not of the, yeah, not sure. easy, you know what I mean? And then, uh, but second, it's a direct command. We're, we're directly commanded to, uh, to fight against oppression yeah. in, in different ways. God's called us all the different <clears throat> things, but yeah. just in general, we are, we are all called what would you say, to that. What would you say is the thing all of us are called to because i agree with your statement there yeah good so question. when it comes to like looking at something like human trafficking yeah good question right you i think god has made has a unique call on your life yeah yeah which like i love and because somebody needs to make sure that the kind of the tip of the spear leading yeah, us into these yeah, places yeah so what would you say in a general overarching way how would you how would you see that across the board where all of us are called to be a part of it yeah that's a really good question i feel like it has i i i feel like it has to go back well, I think about like that first thing God called me to, that education piece a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which um, You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't Awareness, know. totally. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, not and not even necessarily just in like a, a, a just a yeah, just secular knowing. way, like yeah. I'm going to go to an awareness event, which are actually very impactful, and I highly recommend yeah. attending one of ours or anybody's, um, but more so in a way of being aware of, of the brokenness in the world so that you can be a light as the church. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to allow yourself to go there and to not compartmentalize it into something you won't, you don't want to look at because it's too ugly yeah. or that God, or just like shining it off. Like you're saying, God will just avenge it. And so I think, and I think, I think what, in the, what I was saying about how sometimes we overcomplicate things, it actually just happens naturally when you're abiding in Christ and so I think that's just something I want to say is, is if you are, if we are abiding in Christ, if we are 
diving into his word and falling before him each day, repenting of our sin, asking him to open our eyes to what his will for our life is. And when we read the word, we know his will is for the broken to be freed eternally and for chains to be broken on this earth, then he will naturally bring his people into bring his people to bring use his people to bring that to bear in different ways. So as far as like specific things, yeah, some people are called to fostering. Some people are to, to specifically because we all have limited time, right? Sure, we're, sure. We're, we're bound in this universe by time, right? One day we won't be, but right now we're bound by time. So you can't do everything, but you can, everyone can be aware of the reality of, pres- of oppression. Everyone can allow their hearts to be broken for it. And everyone can every day ask God to show them what he wants to do with them that day with those minutes, with those hours. And everyone can keep their eyes open as they're walking through the community to whatever God would call them. So maybe you're not called to directly give to Forever Found. Maybe you're called to give to something else, but you are called to walk through your day and maybe you will walk across somebody sometime who is being who is being victimized, who is a trafficking victim. Sure. And so yeah. being aware of that and not being stuck in tunnel vision in our own life and in this own first world area that we live in, but allowing our eyes to see. You know what I mean? It's like that posture it, of the heart. Like it, yeah. your heart is really open to see what the Lord has before you each day as you Yeah, I think there's so on. much Exactly. Like, one of the things that was so helpful for me was the moment <clears throat> I think the first time God opens my eyes to like the amount of oppression and hurt in regards to marginalized people you feel overwhelmed yeah because it's like how in the world do you do anything but i think like one of the things of realizing is i'm so glad god's church is global yeah Yeah. and that i don't have to solve every problem Mm -hmm. but he is asking us to dive in Mm -hmm. with a heart for the marginalized Mm -hmm. in whatever form or fashion Mm -hmm. it is and to engage in that exactly yeah. and he will show you and he will direct it that's why it's kind of hard to answer the question but sure. the, but the answer is diving in and allowing god to lead you because he wow. will lead you into some capacity what, of that what do you think like if you know if little billy Kappen was yeah. you know he's been going to cornerstone for a couple months and he listens to this podcast mm-hmm. and he hears you sharing about um you know just trafficking mm-hmm. and and the Lord's stirring something in his heart, hmm. what would you say to him, hmm. you know, could be like a good next step to like think about, pray about mm-hmm. in how mm-hmm. he could partner with Forever Found and what they're doing locally? And Oh, yeah. Thanks, Billy. Um, yeah, I think, again, that first thing would be taking it, it just for me, it always just goes back to being with God, <laughs> to just to being in relationship with him. Sure. So diving into your relationship with Jesus, talking to him, asking him for clarity, then yeah, it, like like how, just like I said, educating yourself, look on Forever Found website, research, there's other partners, research, learn about what's happening, continue every day by day, asking God to lead you. And then when a door's open, when you see something that's interesting, walk in it, do it and, and ask God, if you don't want me to do it, close the door. You don't have yeah. to wait for somebody to like, like a big, you know, fireworks to say like, this is you, do this, you have to do this. Like, if you see something, go. Join. And that's do literally it. like so profound there. I think what you said, like literally just asking the Lord, Lord, do you want me to be a part of this? Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, sometimes it's hard to discern that still small voice mm. kind of. Mm. It, I mean, I don't know. I feel like mm. I've spent my whole life trying to discern yeah. that in yeah. ways. And yeah. it's like, a, yeah, that's but a good... it is like, but yeah, I do believe the Lord does speak to us in those ways. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't, I just, Another thing, like in talking about this conversation about 
the heart of God for the oppressed and specifically for kids in my head, kids who are being abused and are um, in this conversation being sexually abused. Um, I just, if it's okay, I just want to read this one other passage in Matthew, Matthew 18. And for me personally, this is how... um, I take this, so I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Um, so it's it's when the disciples are are on their, you know, on their one of their things, mm. telling Jesus, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven, right? Like this is about me, right? Who's the greatest? And then Jesus literally calls a child. Like, so there's one kid, like I, I don't know what he looked like, but it was an actual child, right? It could have been your child, it could have been any of our children. He calls that child and set him in the midst of them. So whatever that means, right? The kid is there. I, I picture Jesus having his arm around the kid or the kid oh, sitting on his yeah. knee, right? And Jesus is, I believe, because Jesus, God's an emotional God. He is. And I believe he's looking at this child and I believe he's like, just like, just loves this kid. And he said, assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. And then he says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Mm. Woe to the world because of offenses for offenses must come, but woe to that man Mm. by whom the offenses come. And then he goes on to say, which I won't read, but if your left, if your hand or foot causes you to sin, and it, and obviously I'll, I'll talk to him one day and ask him, but to me, I'm like, I guarantee you, oh, no, I don't guarantee you. I think one thought, <laughs> one thought in your head, in one thought in Jesus's head, he knows about sexual abuse. He knows about all this. And he's looking at this kid and he just hates that. Yeah. He hates yeah, it. Yeah. And he's looking at this little kid 100%. and he's like, and he, you know, better for you to have a millstone hung around your neck yeah. than to hurt this child and to cause this child to go into a life of sin because he's been sexually abused. And then he goes on to say, because he even loves the perpetrator. So that's why if your right hand or your cause you to sin, cut it off because I don't even want to lose you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that statement, I think, gosh, I love how you put that together because on, on one level, just God's heart for the marginalized, right? These kids mm. that have so little means to protect themselves. Yeah. And he's looking at this child and and understanding the fragility, the way in which this child can be manipulated, mm-hmm. cajoled. I mean, mm-hmm. all the things that can happen to this child. And then he says, actually, what's fascinating, become like that child yeah. in that way. But then he like, the expression of his heart mm. is not only towards protection, but to your point, I would so much rather you cut off your hand mm-hmm. Than mm-hmm. for that to happen, mm-hmm. right? Which is mm-hmm. such a, it is, it's a, yeah, I mean, like I said, I've been in Amos and God's heart for the marginalized. Mm-hmm. If you can't read Amos mm-hmm. without going, oh, I wonder if God cares about the marginalized. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what book you're reading, right? But, well, <clears throat> I was just given the time. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Like, thanks. Yeah, seriously, I can't wait you. to have you on again. Yeah, like I said, this, this is not definitely not a one and done. I, and I and I did. I wanted to give some time just for people to get to know you. Cool. Like, thanks for like even just sharing your heart. Like, I loved that and sharing your passion for what God's doing. Like, I, I the one thing that like that always sticks out to me about you as a person is just your passion and love for Jesus. Yeah, oh, thanks. And that's something for me that's Praise like God. oh, oh, hundred percent the work of God in our life. So yeah. let me just say thank you so much. Thanks all so for all of you that listen. Um, I think Billy and I always say it. We love Cornerstone. Yeah. And we love that we get to be a part of this church. And so thank you for being with us for Beyond Sunday. And uh, I I hope, I really hope what happened today is the amazing truths of Scripture, these ideals, these amazing concepts about God's heart for the the poor, the marginalized, 
those thrust out from society, those that are, are weak and can't maybe protect themselves. Mm. I hope this lands beyond just a neat concept. I pray that God's Spirit does a work in you and through your relationships, it gets landed in real ways in which you get to be a part of God's justice, not, not just in the future, but part of God's justice now. And so God bless you all, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you another time. Bye-bye.